Hey, everybody. It's It's been a while, but it's time for a Longhorn Confidential. We're back. Danny Davis, the Austin American Statesman, Cedric Golden, Kirk Bowles. And for the first time on the Longhorn Confidential, Thomas Jones, our new uh, Texas beat writer. Thomas, why don't you in- introduce yourself to the people? Maybe some people who are listening to us don't pay attention to the Statesman, so they don't really know uh, what you've been doing for us for the last couple of years. But why don't you introduce yourself to the people? Tell us what, Tell them what you're going to be doing. Yeah, last couple of decades. I've been to the state. It's been a long time. Spent a lot of time covering high school athletics. I'm excited to be on the UT beat. Um, really exciting right now because the basketball team has a chance to make some noise. And, and football's kicked off in the spring. And I, I think this could be a, a special team in the fall. So so I'm excited to be here. Yeah, TJ is going to be your guy for football, as, as all of us are. Men's basketball, volleyball, softball, track and field. He's going to be doing a lot of stuff, wearing a lot of hats, uh, which is good because, you know, us bald guys, we need to wear we need to wear hats. Um, but you mentioned it, spring football. Let's uh, let's start there. First practice was on Monday. We got about 20 minutes to watch the watch the guys back on the field for the first time since the Alamo Bowl. Uh, I talked to Steve Sarkeesian for the first time since that Alamo Bowl postgame press conference. Um, all four of us were there. Thomas, we'll start with you since you're the new guy. You can lead us off. What was one thing that Steve said in his 20 minutes talking to us that maybe kind of stood out to you in that press conference? Well, besides all the news he broke about injuries that that we really, no one had an idea about, um, you you know, his confidence, I I think the offense is going to be really good this year. The quarterback play should be better. The offensive line welcomes everyone back. Now there's that big gap with B. John Robinson going to be in the NFL. Um, Steve was very confident that UT could continue to run the ball. And that's what stood out to me, that he he thinks it doesn't matter who's in the backfield. Longhorn's going to run the ball. That's going to complement the passing game. And they have a freshman named C.J. Baxter that, that Sark seemed very confident in. So that's what stood out to me. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that progresses throughout the spring. Ted? Xavier Worthy with the broken hand in the second half of the season. You're still throwing deep to him in money time in the Alamo Bowl. And he's not bringing him in. And a uh, rather terse exchange with our comrade, Jim Bertuno of the Associated Press. I don't have to tell you anything, Sark says. And so for me, I was, what other secrets are you hiding, Sark? What else is going on over there on the 40 acres? Are we, I mean, if we're being all secretive about stuff, mm-hmm. um, one thing that, really surprised me is you didn't have another option you you'd rather have xavier worthy with one hand than some of these other guys like jaleel billingsley who had two hands so uh surprised by that said he was protecting the kid um whatever is football big boy football and um he was a little feisty, which I'm fine with that because I can get feisty too. But uh, I guess that was it for me. That was the biggest part coming out of that for me was uh, him uh, openly telling you that he withheld information from us and almost boastfully as well. Yeah, who was, who was he protecting him from is what I would ask. Is he protecting Xavier Worthy from us in the prying media? Is he protecting him from opponents who are gonna what step on his hand? What what is he protecting him from? And the other thing, guys, it sets a precedent too. 
Like somebody's really, their performance drops off and it's like, gosh, I wonder if he's got a broken hand. You know, so we you know. ask, and that's when we'll yeah. ask. Yeah. Is he hurt? Is Is he hurt? An injury. And to me, that's the thing with college football. They treat it like, you know, the Pentagon, the information. It's like, you know, NFL, big bucks, so much on the line. And they have to file injury reports. Personally, I think uh, college football could go that route eventually because, you know, gambling is getting legalized in more and more states, you know, around the country. I'm waiting for Texas to step up to the trough and, and uh, join the club because they leave a lot of money on the table there. So, and like you said, said, I mean, you know, there were times we were screaming, where's Jordan Whittington? Why ain't he throwing to Jordan Whittington? You know, and, you know, that people like Casey Caden, you know, had some big drops at times. So Trig Milton didn't show up at all after transferring from Iowa State. So it, it showed you how little depth they have, and it shows you, you know, kind of the level of paranoia that UT has over there that we can't tell them about an injury, you know, that uh, is not apparently obvious. So, yeah, that was pretty uh, pretty glaring, I think, for the stadium. The other thing to me, guys, just uh, all the great athletes out there, especially the freshmen, I mean, they got some grown-ass men that can play some football. So uh, <laughs> those are probably the two things that jumped out at me. What would you notice, Danny? You know, I think when you lose a Roshan Johnson, you lose a Keandre Coburn, you lose a, a Moro, DeMarvion, Bijan, obviously, you kind of wonder – who is going to lead this team and who's the leaders. And Steve listed probably about a half dozen plus guys who think can be leaders on this team. And when you start looking at that list, you do think, oh, Jaron Thompson has been here a while. Jake Majors is a vet, you know. Some of those, some of those guys, Jordan Winnington, this is his fifth year. Christian Jones, this is his fifth year. So maybe in the leadership department may not be as dire as you think. Obviously, you don't want to lose a voice like Roshan Johnson in your locker room, but – there are guys who are going to have the opportunity to step up and lead. And Steve at least seemed confident that the leadership was not going to be a problem this offseason. And that was a thing he talked about a couple of times yesterday that definitely kind of stood out to me. Um, Kirk, you kind of mentioned it with the freshmen. Um, those are those are new faces. There's a couple of transfers in. There's some vets who have who probably improved the last couple of months. But who is one player you are looking forward to seeing this spring in those little teeny practice windows we get in, I guess, the spring game on April 15th? Uh, mine would be Anthony Hill, the linebacker, freshman. Uh, I think he was committed to A&M for a minute or two. Uh, boy, you look at him, you look like I'm looking at a junior or a senior or a fifth-year senior. You know, he's like 6'3", just uh, a hair under 230 pounds, which he's got the perfect uh, body type to play that. And, and uh, I'm interested in seeing his – development and how fast he comes along because I'm already imagining you know Jalen Ford and Anthony Hill lining up uh, next to each other in that defense and uh, they could they could be kind of an intimidating look so I would say he's my number one guy I'm, I'm trying to track Thomas you know A.D. Mitchell the, the receiver that started for the national championship Georgia team he's come back home to Texas He's a deep threat. He's a 6'4 kid who can get downfield and go up and make plays. And that's something we did not see downfield. Their deep threat was Xavier Worthy, who, who's who's a shorter, speedier, route-running guy, to have a big target downfield. And I'm not telling anyone anything they don't know. When, when Quinn Ewers 
wasn't exactly accurate with his downfield passing. You get a kid who has a massive catch radius in, in Mitchell. I think he could have a breakout year. I think he's better than people realize. I think he could be um, he could lead the Longhorns in, in touchdown receptions. That wouldn't surprise me. They looked at him at punt return on Monday too, along with Jonte Cook, the other freshman. Oh, Boy, Jonte, yeah. I could see because he's a smaller guy, super quick in space. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitchell would surprise me considering his, his height and length. Yeah, big guys don't usually return punts, but some he of them. Back here. <laughs> um, Isaiah Nayar, we got we got a chance to watch some practice or two uh, last year, and uh, the one right before he blew his knee out, he he caught a couple of nice deep balls and running right by guys with soft hands, uh, loping strides. Uh, like like uh, TJ said, he's a deep threat. Um, and I, I just think that um, they were missing that last year. And they were so high on him coming over from Wyoming. And, and um, you know, he he's an experienced guy. He's not a – he might be new to the Longhorns uh, when he takes the field. But this won't be the first – these won't be the first games where he's made big plays. And they could they could use more verticality in that offense, and that's assuming that Queen Ewers uh, is better than he was in many parts of last season. So I like Isaiah Nayar. I feel like I just got left the obvious pick, and that's that's Arch. I mean, I don't think yeah. any, I think all of us agree that Quinn is QB one until he loses that job. It's his job to lose, but I want to see what the kid has. I want I want to see what he looks like. Um, during the spring, I want to see what what the hype is all about, and I want to see if you know Texas can feel comfortable going into the season with him as um, the number two, or if you know if Malik Murphy can get healthy and get on the field, if he can you know remind everyone, hey, you know I'm here, I was a highly touted freshman too, don't overlook me. So I'm kind of I'm interested in Malik and Arch and just kind of seeing what they do and whether or not they can you know grab that number two job and maybe even push Quinn uh, and be competitive for the starting starting gig. I think uh, there's lots of talent in that quarterback room. Um, and I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how, I don't want to say quarterback battle, because I don't think there's a quarterback battle right now, but I, I'm kind of interested to see how that depth chart positioning goes and what these young guys, what these young guys have in store for us. Um, Kirk, you wrote about this in the newspaper today. Um, this is Tuesday. Um, but Steve, I, I believe you were the one who asked him what are kind of two of the issues that you're kind of concerned about. And he said, we need a pass rush and we need to improve our passing game, which is things he has said in the past. But um, of those two things, guys, which one are you more worried about, the passing game or the pass rush? Um, Kirk, since you wrote the column, we'll start with you. Uh, I'd probably be more worried about the passing game because uh, Quinn Ewers was so erratic uh, last year. And as TJ mentioned, I mean, the the deep game wasn't even there. The deep threat wasn't there. It was kind of there in San Antonio at the Alamo Bowl, uh, Danny's favorite location, but uh, Xavier mm-hmm. Worthy couldn't hand on to him. But, uh, you know, they were looking at their pass defense was 90th in the country last year. Uh, their sack total 27 was tied for 71st. And, you know, that's not going to get it done. And uh, But the passing game, you know, uh, Alabama – you know, they had a good start that first quarter until Quinn Ewers got hurt. Then the uh, second half of Oklahoma State just went away. Uh, TCU game, the off, whole offense went away. 
Uh, of course, they forgot Bijan Robinson was in his backfield. I think he got 12 carries. But I'd say Quinn Ewers is really going to have to step it up. I think the defense is going to be fine. And I uh, don't know who that edge rusher is going to be. But uh, I think the passing game is where they've really got to step it up a notch because the running game will drop off some. There's not too many Bijan Robinsons running around. So I would say the focus is going to squarely be on Quinn Ewers, especially now that he got rid of that god awful mullet. <laughs> Said, uh, you know, but, your thoughts. The onus is going to be on Quinn, and they're acting like they're just going to replace twenty three hundred yards of offense with with guys who might be good. Um, C.J. Baxter, good player, but Bijan Robinson, good. Remember, we went in that Alamo Bowl. Sorry to keep bringing it up, Daniel. And we were like, all right, Jonathan Brooks, let's see what you got. And it was Keelan Robinson. What? Yeah. What? Didn't JB have like three carries? Something Where was like JB? It? Did JB break a team rule or something? Or that was his coming out party. And so uh, the one thing that I'll say, and I ask him about, you know, being a quarterback and going from year one to year two, because that's what I'm going to write about. And I hope he's not putting all his eggs in the cute Quinn Ewers basket because I'm not convinced that a new haircut's going to mean you're much better this year. And they better remember, he, they talk about running the ball, but how many times last year, guys, and we were all at those games, uh, besides TJ, we were at those games where they needed to pound B. John Robinson to make to up 31-17 three times. And, and they, they kept throwing it with Quinn. And that's the quarterback in him coming out in Sark. And I think now that Bichon's gone, you can't assume that he's going to be able to milk clock with guys that we don't know or every down backs. I know Keelan Robinson's not every down back. I'm sorry, he's not. He's a scat back. He's a third down guy. And so and we, I think Jonathan Brooks is an every down back, but he didn't get the totes in the Alamo Bowl. So – I'm way more concerned about the passing game because if you think if you if you think he's going to throw for four thousand yards, okay, cool, cool, but that means he's got to be consistent, and that's not something we've seen. I I might be in the minority. I think I think the passing game will be fine. I, I think off, you got to remember Quinn Ewers was hadn't played football in two years when he played last year. Last game he had played, he got beat by Westlake in a high school state championship game. He's had a full year of college football under his belt. He has the best offensive line in the Big 12. All five of those starters are back. And he has a much better receiving core, in my opinion. He has one of the deepest receiving cores in the nation, in my opinion. So that alone, I think the passing game will be fine. I, I'm I'm extremely worried. I, I think the, the pass rush is, is arguably the biggest weakness on the Texas football team. Look, they're going to be relying a lot on Baron Sorrell and Justice Finkley. And I don't know if the casual fans know who those two are, but those are your key pass rushers. The interior is fine. Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, they're fine in the middle. But can those edge guys get some pressure? Because that's the one thing the Texas defense did not do. Their linebacking play is going to be great. The secondary should be strong. Can they get pressure from the edge? I, I haven't seen it. And I don't know if they can consistently do that. That's why finding some pass rushers in the spring, really important. Maybe the biggest, uh, most important thing in, in spring football. Yeah, I agree with uh, Thomas. Um, I think 
when it's time for him to make that leap. And if he cannot make that leap, you know, I'm going to also have questions about why Steve is the head coach here. I mean, that's just his job to help him make that leap and to guide him. If you know, Quinn is all that we at Te- we in the Texas world and the Ohio State world believe that he was supposed to be, you know, he should be able to make a leap from year two to year three. And I really like this receiving core. I mean, assuming Xavier Worthy's healthy, you have Jordan Whittington, who is a fifth year guy who's very talented. I mean, Jordan Whittington may be the number four, or number five guy in this passing attack, just because you know if Isaiah Nair is healthy. That's that that that's great. Ad Mitchell's uh is a great talent who's has championship experience. These two these freshmen that they're bringing. I mean, Jonte Cook is amazing. I mean, anyone who's seen him seen him play. I mean, he's still probably giving our friends over at a uh, Vandegrift nightmares because of what he did in that state championship game. And then we mentioned those receivers. We forget Texas may have the best tight end in the country. On, on their team, so I, I I'm not really that concerned about the passing game because I feel that Quinn I have faith that Quinn is going to make that leap, and if he doesn't, once again, there's a couple guys behind him who are pretty sure chomping at the bit um, to to get a chance. Um, but that that pass rush does concern me just because that defensive line as a whole lost some quality quality guys, some quality guys with experience and veteran leadership. So some younger guys are going to have to step on it. It wasn't like last year Texas was recording 10 sacks a game either. So, I mean, this is a unit that wasn't necessarily the strength of the team as it was in there, and they need to have some guys step up. So I would say the pass rush, um, I think the offense will figure itself out um, in, in time. And if it doesn't, then I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about on these on these videos. But um, that's kind of our football um, recap. Let's talk a little basketball because that is, um, as Steve mentioned in his press conference yesterday, the winter sports are kicking butts. We have a a Big 12 champ- champion in the women's basketball team and a runner-up in the men's basketball team. A Big 12 tournament is this week. The men are the number two seed. They'll play either Oklahoma or Oklahoma State on Thursday. The women will open up on Friday against either Kansas State or Texas Tech. We're going to start with the men. Um, TJ, start on your thoughts on the season so far from the men. I know you kind of got on after all the Chris Beard drama, but um, you still have had a lot to cover. Just thoughts on what the Longhorns have done this season and their chances this week in Kansas City. Look, to me, it's amazing. We we have talked and written a lot about Chris Beard and, and what happened and why he's gone. What this team has done with their head coach ejecting himself from the picture, it, it to me, it, it's amazing. This is the best season Texas men have had in, in 12 years. Best record, best Big 12 finish, all that since 2011. And they've done it with their head coach. Not there. I, you can't give enough credit to Rodney Terry, the interim head coach, and you can't give enough credit to a bunch of seniors transfers who really melded together and formed a really good chemistry. I mean, offensively, this is the best team in the Big 12. I, I mean, as simple as that. They got certain rebounding issues. Sometimes they're not so locked in on defense, but they're as efficient an offensive team as there is in the country, and that can win you games. I mean, people say defense wins championships. You know, this is 2023. You know, scoring points wins you titles, too. This team could make a run at Big 12 tournament, and I think they could make a run in the NCAAs. It's a good group, good, talented group. I hope they don't win the Big 12 tournament. I don't think it matters if they do or not. I, I, I don't think want, it's a real win. Yeah. I, I'd love to see both those teams go in there and go one and one and get back home. Yeah. And get rest and get ready for the real tournament that's getting ready to start. And uh, it will 
it won't affect their seeding. They're going to be a number two seed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't, lose. Doesn't, doesn't matter what they do. Yeah, this is not what it, this is not about the Big Twelve tournament. This is about uh, each one of these uh, teams to start with the men making it to an Elite Eight. I think an Elite Eight will get Rodney Terry this job full time. I believe, uh, given what he's done, I know CDC has been really mum on it publicly, but I, I really think uh, it's a team that's built for a deep run into the postseason uh, with senior leadership. Um, Marcus Carr is a good leader. Jabari Rice is the best six man in the country. And they've got the pieces, just enough interior presence. And DeSue has really come on. I, I like where they are right now. They do run into those stretches where they can't make shots. Yeah. And that can get you beat in a tournament situation. And so hopefully um, this Kansas win – uh, was a sign that they found their sea legs. Don't want them to blow their entire wad in Kansas City, where they're just playing just to be playing for TV money. I think I think a couple of games there to keep your legs warm, get back to Austin, get to sleep, select Sunday, and then let's get it popping with fresh legs. Hey, real quick, one thing I think maybe the most important thing for at the Big Twelve tournament for Texas, prove you can win on the road, and and this will be road game, no 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 question about it. You get away from the madness of Moody, Texas is only 8-8. Eight and eight. They've lost four in a row on the road. They need to prove to themselves that they can win in a hostile environment because they could easily run into that in, in, in the NCAAs. No, you stole the word right in my mouth, DJ. What are they, four and five in the conference on the road? Yeah. You know, lost at Waco, lost at Fort Worth, lost at Lubbock, uh, lost at Lawrence. So, you know, that is a concern. And like you said in the in the opening round of the NCAA tournament, the crowds are always in favor of the underdog. Yeah. They're always, you know, rooting for the upset. That's why why it's called March Madness. So I think that's the one worry. Uh the the slow starts they've had in so many games, especially in the first half, uh, you know, against TCU twice, you know, in the two games. And Bayer it was the second half, but they do have those scoring droughts and then the third thing is just Marcus Carr getting right uh you know he looks tired his shot selection you know isn't always the best and he's obviously very much cooled off I think he's like seven of 30 his last five games from behind the three-point line so they need to get his confidence back at, at a high level even though Jabari Rice has been great he could have been first team all big 12 in my mind and Tyrese Hunter's finally kind of you know, shaking the cobwebs off, and he's playing more up to his level of play. Yeah. They got good guards, so you know that that could take them a long way in 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 March. Yep. Um, let's talk about the champs. The women have had their share of adversity, a uh, much different kind of adversity this season, and that was more with the injury injury bug. Um, I mean, Rory Harmon missed five games early. Aaliyah Moore, you know, tore ACL this much of the season. Sonia Morris has been out with the last, I believe, seven games now with a leg injury. Um, they've had a lot of just banged up, banged up rosters, but they found a way to win a share of the Big 12 title. It wasn't always pretty, as uh, Kirk, as Kirk and I can attest from that Baylor game uh, um, last week. But um, Kirk and said, just kind of what are your thoughts on what Dick Schaefer, uh, who was named the Big 12 Coach of the Year, was able to do this year with a team that included Shayla Gonzalez, Tiana Gaston, Rory Harmon, who should have been the Big 12 Player of the Year, but that's a different argument for a different day. Um, just what they were able to accomplish this year. First uh, conference championship since 2004. 
I love me some Rory Harmon, but I I go Ashley Jones. Rory couldn't make shots down the stretch, and got a. It's it's unfair because she she's the the best defensive player in the league, and and she averages a lot of assists. But I I, I hope she finds that stroke in the tournament because that's my biggest concern with them is Rory if she's in foul trouble, if she gets hurt, or if she can't make shots. Then, then they might be in trouble. Um, Vic, Vic earned that Coach of the Year award with all the injuries, um, with Kendall Hunter uh, being out, with um, Sonia Morris. They really miss her. They miss a playmaker that's not named Rory. They miss that. And so um, they've been able to navigate that. Deanna Gass has got a bad back. Hopefully she's okay. Uh, they've been able to navigate that. They get to, They get to – Coast at the house. That's a big deal. The Moody is a great home venue. 14 and 2 at the Moody this year. So I like their chances of going far, but it begins and ends with number three. If number three is right, uh, they're right. If she struggles, they can be had. And, uh, and Vic, Vic makes no secret of that. I'm excited that they get to host and uh, I'm going to be at those first two games and um, oh, hopefully two games, definitely at the first one. Uh, and, um, and then we'll see what happens. Uh, d- uh, not, not a deep squad. They don't have a backup point guard. They're banged up. They got to avoid foul trouble and injuries. Yes. Yeah, asked, uh, asked uh, Vic today, if Sonia Morris is going to play, he said, I don't think so in the, in the big 12 tournament. So, They'll go into that shorthanded. You know, I think the number what forty five games uh, that these girls, key girls, have missed. So that's a lot. Uh, that's a lot. It's a lot. You know, and it, and it's so it's not a deep team. You mentioned the fouls; they got to avoid foul trouble, Cedric, like you said, and and they're not a three point shooting team. You know, so you can't really get behind. You know, and, and make up the deficit uh, uh, more easily than you than you could otherwise. So I, I also. Vic, I said, you going to rest your starters and he said, like, like, and play who, you know, they, they got very few guards left. They got a few more posts, but not all with experience. And like he said, the players want to play. So, um, but yeah, I, I think it's remarkable the year that they've had said you wrote about Moody being such a great home venue for them. And that's, that should not be underestimated. That was a big factor in, the men's and women's seasons this year. Well, we've all been there for so many games and just, you can kind of feel the electricity and, you know, the players, you know, feed off of that. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, to me, the, probably the best recipe is win a game and then lose your second game in a buzzer beater and go home and rest, you know, to get ready for the, for the big dance. This is not over. That's right. Bigger right. fish. Right? What do you think, Danny? Um, to, to counter something Cedric said earlier, um, Ashley Jones is a great player, but she also played this year for a team that underachieved greatly. And wins matter too. I think wins should matter, especially when it comes to player of the year. Um, and you know, Rory, best defender in the league, top five nationally in assists. She's an adequate score, not a great score, but she's an adequate score. To me, it wasn't even close, but. And then again, one coach team put her um, among the 10 best players in the league, which is absurd. I saw that. I saw that she didn't have an asterisk 
not unanimous which is I might get a grudge i think that just <laughs> maybe someone who doesn't it. doesn't love vic but uh yeah that's um, about vic that ain't about rory yeah it'd be about texas <laughs> who recruited her and who didn't get her obviously this is um yeah a great accomplishment for this team there's a lot to um applaud but this team knows that it's not just about the regular season i mean they have they have goals they want to justify that preseason number three ranking it's going to be it's not going to be easy i mean the the postseason is a is definitely um it's a lot to handle especially when you're kind of shorthanded they need sonia back and healthy and they need to you know they're going to have to, rory's going to have to be what rory was last year in march in order for them to make a run um i think they need to do whatever they need to do this weekend to avoid south carolina um and getting put in south carolina's half of the of the bracket whether that's moving up to a three seed because i think they're kind of solidly in that four seed mix right now or um what exactly they need to do they just need to avoid south carolina i don't know if you can guarantee that with two wins or or three wins but that would just be my my goal is don't end up in a sweet 16 matchup with the with with don saley because that would not be not be fun but i i not to squeal about that 16. i don't i i also don't think if they make it the championship game one extra game is going to hurt them or hinder them as long as they get out of that game healthy um you know, two games to three games is I don't think that big of a deal for this team and kind of how they're conditioned and how they um, are used to playing as long as they get out healthy. But Just that, um, that, 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 yeah, that caveat, as long as they get out healthy. Yes, yeah, an extra one game. game where, an that's one game where someone could get hurt. Yeah, yeah. that's so their that's history. That's their extra, extra history. game to turn an ankle or bruise a shoulder or something. Yeah, it's not. Not a conditioning thing, I don't think. But uh, how many times this year have you seen Rory Harmon get blasted and go oh. and wonder is she going to get up? Yeah, that's what that's how that's how Rory just walks around campus. I, I just feel that's how she just goes about her business. She gets crushed, and you're like, oh my gosh, she's so. And she's put on a little, she's put on a little bit of bulk armor, but she's still not a very big girl. And I always wonder, you know, which one's going to be the last one, and. Pound for pound, maybe the toughest player in the country. But she's the head of that snake, and they got to be very protective of her. And Vic knows it. Vic knows it. Yeah, so uh, be sure to tune in to you know, all of our coverage about the Big 12 tournament this week. Thomas will start on Thursday. I will start on Friday. I'm sure Kirk and Cedric will be opining from afar. Um, as far as other things going on on the 40 Acres baseball team, off to a rough start this season, four and seven currently, but they have five games this week to get right. So we'll see if they can um, pull that off. The softball team, not struggling. 17-2-1. They are hosting the Bevo Classic this weekend. Alabama, another ranked team, will be in town, as will Wisconsin and Texas State. Uh, and then track and field. Uh, NCAA indoor uh, championships are this weekend in Albuquerque. Both the men and the women will be contending for championships. Uh, there, there's a few uh, individual uh, contenders on both teams. Uh, you know, Coach Flo has it going. Uh, that's a uh, that, that track team has turned into a powerhouse, so it'll be interesting to see if they can um, get it done in New Mexico this weekend. And then, you know, the, the funny thing about track is they don't get very long to celebrate because indoors or outdoors pretty much start. Outdoors has actually already started, so they had to go right, start getting ready for the Texas Relays and all all that fun, regardless of what happens this weekend. But um, on Second Thought Podcast, Kirk said, anything going on this week? Do you have anything to tease for us? Nope. <laughs> there you we'll go. Break it all down. Yeah, also uh, pro timing day Thursday. Uh, a lot of pro NFL hopefuls will be on campus. Some some NFL scouts. Those five from the combine. Bijan's probably not working out. 
Uh, I hope Roshan does because I think he can run faster on this track at home than he did in Indy. Yeah, so um, you know, be sure to check out statesman.com throughout the week for men's basketball stories, women's basketball stories, football stories, pro day stories, baseball stories, all the stories. They're all going to be on statesman.com. Um, obviously, our team has kept very busy. Um, Jordan Mitchell, our intern, has been doing a fantastic job this semester um, you know, helping helping us out. So uh, I think that's going to wrap it all for us. Uh, Kirk said, I don't know if, what your thoughts on are, but I think I think Thomas can come back. I think he did a pretty good job in his first uh, Longhorn. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm going to have to go back. I'm going to look at the tape. I'm going to break it down. <laughs> break the down beard's on point. I like the glasses. He's scholarly. Um I think if we got Kirk to shave his head, it might be symmetrical with us. Um, that hair has got me got me a little out of sorts, but it's good to have another ball guy on the beat. I feel at home. I do. Hey, how much how much glare can our viewers take? Okay, you gotta they, have some enough fun. glaring at us, so uh, they'll have to live with this. You guys have fun in Kansas City and go to uh, Joe's Barbecue, the old converted gas station got the best ribs in kansas city okay make sure you on go. the list already and and get some steak right. soup at the marriott airport get that steak soup and get some bread tj their bread is really good no, we're not, not staying out there are we're, we're not staying at the airport marriott for this trip so. where are y'all staying are y'all at the at a courtyard or downtown marriott the media media hotels somewhere downtown it's like right by the right by both gyms is it a marriott yes they've got steak soup. that's just how that's just how we do <laughs> they got steak soup. Get the steak soup. Y'all have fun. Awesome. Well, that, that's going to do it for us. Um, you know, we really appreciate you watching on YouTube, listening to this wherever you get your podcast, whether it's on the website or you know wherever you get your podcast. We're going to try to do these Longhorn Confidential a couple times uh, during the spring. So I guess we'll talk to y'all when we talk to y'all. And thanks for listening.